Hello and welcome back to the IDC Tech Talk podcast. I am your host, Miles Dawson, and today we're very excited to dip back into the world of CES and do a quick review of 2020's news and revelations that just happened this year. To help me with this, I have two guests with me today. Do you want to introduce yourself, starting... Hi, my name is Antonio Ranch and I'm the Senior Research Analyst for Smart Home Devices. And I'm Liam Hall. I'm also a Senior Research Analyst for PCD, Personal Computing Devices, and I focus specifically on gaming. Um, so, first of all, I suppose the big question is, you guys are very lucky you got to go to CES this year. How was it? Did you enjoy it? Um, massive, as usual. We got more than 4,400 companies, more than 170,000 attendees, and with like... 11 official venues, it makes logistics really hard. <laughs> you had to organise your day very effectively, I imagine. It's the perfect time to wear a smartwatch to really rack up those steps and see how much you're walking. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And um, how was the experience? Was it, is it bigger and better every year? Is that the kind of um, angle that we're going for? Well, there was a great atmosphere. Um, I can't comment on the previous year. I think Antonio is better placed than that for me. But there was definitely a, a fantastic atmosphere with cool tech anywhere you look. Yeah, it was my second year and it was better because last year it's first time and it was really difficult to imagine how it was. But again, like getting all the new tech and uh, even like the Eureka Park, the other startups, seeing all those crazy and new ideas, mm. it's also, it's really fun. Definitely. We'll, we'll, touch, uh, we'll touch on some of those crazy new ideas at the end. But uh, from, a, uh, from an IDC perspective then, what do you think the key trends were at CES this year? Well, as a gaming analyst from my side, there's no real surprise what interested me the most. Um, there's, there's three key areas I'd really touch on for gaming. So first and foremost, one thing we've seen quite a lot of this year was a lot more subtle designs for gaming notebooks. So looking at the newest MSI Stealth, very aptly named, and the Asus Zephyrus G14, it looks like a lot of OEMs are really trying to appeal to a wider range of gaming audience. And this is alongside what we're seeing, which is the blurred lines between content creators and gamers. So a lot of people want to be able to bring their gaming notebook out without having flashing lights blinding the person next to them. That said, there is still plenty of RGB for gamers out there with a whole range of new devices packed to the brim with them. Um, secondly, if you look at the success of Nintendo Switch, it looks like a lot of people have paid attention to that. We've seen a real revitalization of the handheld market. And it's not just the mobile phones that are doing it, such as the Razer Kishi and the Black Shark 2. Even Dell came to the stage with his own concept UFO, a handheld which we can touch on a bit more later on. And finally, when we look towards monitors as well, they're getting crazier each year. Uh, the Asus ROG Swift 360Hz is uh, an NVIDIA G-Sync eSports-focused monitor. And I don't know what you're thinking. 360 hertz, that seems a bit excessive, doesn't it? But I'm pretty sure this is tailored towards the elitist eSporters, where, you know, 1% difference gives you the absolute edge. And one final thing to add on the monitor front, uh, Samsung also unveiled a 49-inch curved monitor screen. That's QLED with 240 hertz, which is not quite the, the mammoth 360, but it's still an insane amount. But they weren't just there for the gaming monitors. Yes, yeah, smart TVs as well was a big part of uh, gaming this year. Of the smart TV brands have something dedicated to the, that space. And in fact, if you think about like mainly on console gaming, smart TVs are a really important aspect of that. We saw gaming modes. We saw features such as variable refresh rate. And we had a really cool demo from Samsung that used the AI to highlight the dark areas on the screen for better visualization of the surroundings, which is really cool in shooting games, for example. 
Yeah, you can kill those corner campers a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> another, another key trend over CES is the connected home. We saw that, we see that usually every year. And it was not a breakthrough innovation thing this year, but it looks like we are one step further of getting to that vision of uh, how it's all connected, all devices working together, where the um, uses AI to predict what a consumer needs and makes the day-to-day tasks easier. One cool thing was the LG's smart washing machine. When you just put your clothes over there, use AI to see what type of fabric are you using and are you trying to wash, and basically... Uh, so it's the, automatically the best program to wash all of your clothes. So if, you, if you're having a bit of a down day and you've got a big tub of ice cream, you can say, show me romantic movies and it'll pick something for me. And probably selects the ice cream that you usually buy and so I'm automatically going to buy another one for the next day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's drill down a little bit deeper and have a look at the PC market then. So I know that there was a lot going on with the processor manufacturers, AMD, Qualcomm, and Intel. Um, Liam, why don't you tell me a bit more about that? So let's start off with Qualcomm, as they were the earliest to give their keynote speech. What was quite interesting in the initial stance they took was they're looking to redefine mainstream and entry-level PCs. So with their Snapdragon 8CX processor, They've partnered with Lenovo to bring out the Lenovo Yoga 5G, which they claim to be the world's first 5G PC. And with this, they're looking to optimize uh, gaming, streaming, video chats, and file transfers while on the go. So you can see there's a range of applications across both consumer and commercial use cases. And if you pardon the pun, it does seem that Windows on ARM might finally have some legs. (laughs) Well, we'll forgive the pun. Thank you very much. Turning towards Intel, they kept their cards a bit more to their chest with regards to the Tiger Lake, their next generation of CPU. What we could ascertain, however, was it will be stacked with Intel Z graphics as well as AI for performance optimization. They were a lot more forthcoming with their vision for Project Athena. During their keynote, they even unveiled some of their first ever Project Athena graded Chromebooks, and they promised to unveil at least 50 models for Project Athena by the end of 2020. The ones that particularly caught our eye, and I'm sure most of the media as well, was the ThinkPad X1 Fold and the Dell Ori. These were both foldable notebooks, which uh, in, a, in vision, they kind of look like a scaled up Samsung Fold, whereby they can function as one large tablet or with two screens functioning uniquely by themselves. I wasn't always someone who backed the foldable bandwagon, but looking at how many OEMs are really trying to back this concept, it seems to be more than a gimmick that we're going to be seeing a lot more of throughout 2020. And finally, perhaps the most exciting processor vendor, at CES this year would be AMD. They had quite a range of announcements during, during their keynote, starting with the new mobile processor, the Ryzen 7 4800 series, which proclaimed to be the highest performing ultra-thin laptop processor, featuring up to eight Radeon cores, a 1.8 gigahertz base CPU with a clock of up to 4.2 gigahertz boost clocks. So it's a pretty powerful thing. AMD also unveiled that they would be extending their Radeon RX 5000 series down the stack to target 1080p graphics with the Radeon RX 5600 XT. And what this does is bridge the gap between the upper end 5700 and 5700 XT and the lower entry level 5500 GPU. And they've also announced they're going to be bringing ray tracing to some of their GPUs throughout 2020. It's been confirmed that the consoles, the, the next generation of consoles do already have ray tracing and it's expected that discrete GPUs will follow too. 
But of course, gaming wasn't the only thing happening at CES, as we know. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on with the connected home, particularly around voice assistants and smart speakers. What's new there? So starting with the big brands, Amazon and Google had a more discreet presence this year. Amazon was present again on the sands. Google had a big booth over outside of the convention center, with the main attraction being a slide this year. Even considering this, we saw both brands available throughout the show in all different devices, and even from normal smart cameras, normal lights, to some strange products like one bed that had Alexa speakers integrated. An Alexa, a a, a bed? A bed with Alexa speakers over there. Fantastic. So you can say, Alexa, get me out of bed. (laughs) <laughs> automatically to, to the floor like Inspector Gadget when the bed comes up and slides you out of it so one interesting thing over smart speakers were the new form factors we saw Royal the brand more known by the flexible displays and for being the first one releasing a foldable phone launching their first smart speaker that comes up with a 8 inch screen wrapped around the body of the, the speaker comes with Alexa integrated and even though it's not a novelty a smart display it's a different from from factor from the ones that Amazon and Google have because mm. it's wrapped around it yeah basically and it's a really good quality of image we also saw Belkin introducing a smart speaker that combines with um, a wireless charging station it's basically a two two in one it was funny to go through all the um, the booth over there and see people seeing the product, but at the same time taking the opportunity to charge their phone. <laughs> How about the mobile phone side of things? Any big news there? So CES is not the typical event for mobile phones, but we saw Samsung releasing the S10 Lite and the Note 10 Lite, the more affordable versions of its flagships. We don't know price, we don't know specs and release date yet, but it's an interesting move from the brand and we need to see to wait one year to see if they are going to start doing that all years uh, over the over the years mm-hmm. and releasing those more to get to the mass market versions yeah. we got TCL as well announcing the 10 series made up by three devices but the most interesting one was the TCL 10 5G which is going to come to the market under fi- $500 it's the cheapest 5G device on the market. And um, it's the first step to bring more affordable 5G devices into the mass market. One trend that we are expecting to see over 2020. And uh, again, specs are also going to be announced on uh, MWC. So we should have an interesting event over over there. Also, last, to, to finish the mobile, mobile phones, we got the OnePlus Concept One. It's not a product yet, it's a prototype. It's made with the premium partner, McLaren. Oh, I was going to ask whether the McLaren version of the OnePlus was there. Did, did you get to see it? We could not see it. We just saw it over the news, but it's really cool. Mm. The part that uses a special glass to hide the, to hide the camera when they're not being used. And OnePlus already said that's trying to figure out a way to bring that to to its phones. Is it the same glass that's in the um, it's in the door mirrors? Uh, is, 
it's the same glasses in the door windows, isn't it, on the McLaren? They can sort of fade them and they can um, open them up now. Yeah, exactly. Like when they're being used, you, when they're not being used, you cannot see the cameras over there. Yeah. It looks really cool. Uh, just to touch on mobile game very briefly, you did mention there's something called the UFO earlier. What was that? Yeah, Dell Concept UFO. Um, as the name suggests, it's still a concept device, but they've thrown their hat into the, the handheld gaming ring here. So what it essentially is, is a, is a Windows 10 device miniaturized down to eight inches. And it's, uh, it can be used in three different use cases. So it can be handheld, used with a kickstand, or docked. So it's got quite a range of what it can be used for. But what's most interesting is it really functions just like a Windows 10 PC. And it can be integrated with your full Steam library, as well as the full uh, Alienware ecosystem, or any Windows 10 ecosystem for that matter. What we don't have at the moment is any information with regards to the specs or the price. So while it is definitely an interesting concept, it's going to be very important to understand whether or not it packs the same punch as a full-on PC, and whether or not it's going to be accessible to even the most lucrative gamer. So just to finish up then, let's talk about the TV market. What's the new stuff going on there? So 8K is again the big trend on TVs. We saw new brands, we saw new models, and we saw a new screen size. Uh, 48 inches 8K TV by, by LG. The only problem of 8K televisions is that we are still talking about premium and expensive devices and the lack of content. I was about to ask, what 8K content is there to even consume? So as far as I'm aware, there are no streaming service providing 8K content yet. Um, so I have a question. When am I going to be able to get an HD screen that rolls into a, like a window blind? So LG already announced last year the RoboTV. Mm -hmm. They promised to bring that to the market last year. Mm -hmm. They failed to do that. Mm -hmm. And they promised again to bring that to the market this year. Okay, so we'll see. Well, this has been a great chat. So let's get on to my favorite part of the CES episode. The craziest things that you saw this year at CES. I know you've picked a topic each, so let's go. A personal favorite of mine was the uh, toilet roll robot made by Charmin, designed for, to help you out when you're stuck on the loo and you've run out of toilet roll. Although one question they didn't answer to me was how it gets into the bathroom to give you the toilet roll. Does it have Alexa on it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what we need is a smart shower. Well, you got that as well on CES. Oh, did you? There was, that, there was a smart shower? Smart shower with Alexa integrated, um, speakers as well. Smart toilet again. Yeah. All of these devices. They love the smart toilet, don't they? They never stop going on about the smart toilet. It's always an highlight of the event. <laughs> to me, probably the AI brain training for dogs basically comes with, with a camera, a food dispenser, and basically makes your dog go to the front of the TV, watch some videos, and do the exercises that the instructor is giving on TVs. And it can get the treat if you do that really well. Is that just an excuse not to take your dog for a walk, do you think? Probably. <laughs> Dogs deserve yoga too. They absolutely do. Well, guys, thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. I'm afraid that is all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank my guests, uh, Liam and Antonio, for helping us out today. Please get in touch. Um, we'd love to hear your comments, your thoughts on CES this year. I'd love to hear your feedback, whether you were there or whether you were watching it. Let us know what you think. Uh, check us out on YouTube as well, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. We're there under IDC and Mir. And of course, do hit the subscribe button. Subscribe to our podcast. We are bringing new ones out every couple of weeks, hopefully. Uh, you can look us up on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We should be there. Thank you all very much and see you next time. <laughs>